the Locked On Auburn Podcast, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast, presented by Fetch Me Delivery. Visit FetchMeDelivery.com or the free Fetch Me app. Use promo code FetchMe20 for your first delivery free. If you are looking to get your family meal delivered in 45 minutes or less, buy the quickest, the fastest, the friendliest, the best delivery service in town. Look no farther than using Fetch Me. Use Fetch Me 20 at checkout once again for your first delivery free. And thank you so much for partnering with the show. It's an Auburn alum that started this thing. And I know the Auburn fan base and the Auburn family loves to stick together so and support each other. So, yeah, check out Fetch Me and support Fetch Me. Once again, first delivery free, Fetch Me 20 is the promo code. I'm Zach Blackaby, joined by my good friend and co-host, Michael Pappas. Hello, sir. Hello, Zach. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. We're actually recording now. Which, okay, which, which Fetch Me read was better, the first one or the second one? I think the second one. Okay, a little sweet. more gusto, I feel like. Sweet. Good. Good. Had a little um, had a little extra uh, running start, if you will. All right, so we, we've got a bunch of uh, voicemails we're going to get to in a second, but we'll, we'll just share our thoughts real quick from, uh, from the game on Saturday. There's a glass half full way to look at this and a glass half empty way to look at this. I think the glass half full is your offense was terrible and you went and played the now number one best team in the country and a very tough place to play, and you lost by three points. I think that defensive performance for Auburn was one of the best defensive performances that I can think of. I mean, holding that offense at 23 points while playing yeah. pretty much the whole game, your offense giving you no support, no rest on the sideline, I mean, that's, um, that's, that's I mean, it's really, really impressive. And the defensive line, you know, there's a lot of talk about the holding calls or the holding, or lack of holding calls, and the fact that they were able to play questionably and still the defensive line have that much of an impact. I mean, it was an incredible performance. The offense, that's kind of where the glass half-empty stuff starts to come in. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, you can say it's a freshman quarterback. You can say it's a tough place to play. But you've got to score more points than that. You've got to. I, I agree with everything you just said. Um, I think this is exactly what we expected. Uh, I I didn't think the offense. I didn't think the offense played that poorly as far as execution goes and play calling goes. They just didn't look like they were on the same page at all. Uh, there were a bunch of false start penalties where two of the guys would false start. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, half of the line would move and the ball wouldn't get snapped, and it was like, okay, well, was he supposed to snap the ball, or did the half of the offensive line somehow not know the cadence? And so it's, and then, you know, there's only so much you can do when you get a bunch of penalties and make a bunch of mistakes and get in third and long, like people complaining about third and long play calling. And it's like, you know, what are you supposed to do on third and 18? Yeah, we, we've got a, we got a voicemail on, on play calling. So I'm, I'm going to play that. You can call the Locked On Auburn podcast, leave us a voicemail, 205-502-4285. All right, here's, here's the, the call about play calling. Zach, a couple things for you. This is your boy, Matt. What in the world has happened to Will Hastings and Eli Stove? We saw Eli targeted early. Will Hastings was non-existent. And I, I just got to say a comment here. I, I think Gus Malzahn played and called a great game. And uh, he deserves the credit for that. You know, a lot of inaccuracy from the quarterback that will get better. I believe in him. But uh, Gus deserves credit. I thought he called a great game. All right, I, I think he said his name was IMAT. Uh, sorry, I think your phone kind of blipped out when you were saying your name. But thank you so much for calling. Appreciate it. 205-502-4285. I, 
I agree with him. I, I think the play calling from Malzahn was fine. I think guys mm-hmm. were open. I think Bo Nix missed some guys. I do think it's interesting the involvement of you know getting certain guys targets. Eli Stove got two on that first drive. He had two catches at the end of the first drive. Those are the only two catches that he had. And not only did he not, he just kind of went away. He just kind of disappeared after that. So that was something that was surprising to me, so I agree with that. And then I know Will Hastings is a fan favorite. I'm not sure if I want him on the field over other guys that are getting a lot more reps, but give him something. Uh, give him, I think it's clear that Bo Nix feels comfortable when throwing Will Hastings the football. I think we've seen that over the early part of the season. Um, I, I'm not saying that Will Hastings needs to be in the starting rotation or anything like that, but try something different when nothing else is working. Uh We've talked about this a lot. Uh, I don't think Sal Canella should ever step on the field. So I'd love it if Eli Stove and Will Hastings. Played. Well, he, he's going to stay on the field as a blocker. That that's the issue. Is they're going to keep him on the field as a blocker? Yes, I understand. But yeah, and so I guess it's like, why do you pull him off for passing plays or whatever? But you know, Auburn's got like that big slot position, and they're like the only school in the country that uses a tall slot receiver instead of like a small quick guy. Uh, I agree. I thought Gus called a great game. There was just, I didn't think Bo got a ton of help from his receivers. And like I said, they just seemed like they weren't on the same page a lot of the time. Um, Like, for example, when they had, what was it, second and 10 from the two-yard line, and it looked like Schwartz Schwartz ran like a six- or seven-yard hitch, and Bo threw a five-yard hitch. And it's just like, like, is that on Bo? Is that on Anthony Schwartz? Like, who... Right, and it's early on, and I think if it's week two or three, you use the excuse, okay, Bo's young, Schwartz just was able to yeah. practice again, but mm-hmm. but it's not that point anymore. Yeah. That, that shouldn't be happening. So I, I agree. Unless it's a read or some kind of thing based on where the defense back was standing, which I, I just have a hard time buying the fact they would have called that so deep in their own territory. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, here's another one. Are you ready? You ready for this voicemail? Mm-hmm. Hey, Zach. Good morning. This is Colonel Steve. Hey, I just called, first of all, say great job of the shows, as always. Uh, secondly, uh, the number two team played the number nine team and won 23 to 20 at their own home, so I guess it's kind of expected. I mean, especially when you have a a underclass quarterback, underclassman quarterback, underclassman receivers who are best ones, and our underclassman run backs who are our starters. So I got to I'm looking forward to the future. I think that uh, we can still run the table and win, be 10 and two, um, and stay in the top five at the end of the season. So my big question is this: How much longer do we give JB Grimes? Um, I mean, if the offensive line continues to be this bad, um, I don't see any major improvements. Um, I'm wondering if he should be on the short leash and not Gus. Hey, have a great day and War Eagle. Thank you so much, Colonel Steve the Gloat, giving us a call. I had not heard his voice before. I'd only read tweets. And his <laughs> voice is so much more magnetic than I thought it would be. That's exactly I First of all, I was not ready. Yeah, your face when he said, hey, Zach, this is Colonel Steve, you... um. I perked up. You did. Sure. You um, did. Your posture got a little bit better. Your face lit up. That's that's exactly what I expected. I think your uh, I think your beard grew a little bit more. 
Um, I think he's right, though. I mean, pointing out the offensive line, the offensive line, once again, should be better at this point of the season. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying they need to be dominant, but this LSU defensive front isn't good. I mean, you've seen this defensive front for LSU get pushed around by the likes of Vanderbilt and pretty much every other team that they've played this year. And Auburn wasn't able to do anything with them. They were not able to keep Bo Nix upright. They were not able to move the line of scrimmage and run the ball effectively. I mean, their running game, Auburn's running game, happened essentially with two plays. It was a draw at the end of the first half to D.J. Williams, and then I believe it was his first run of the second half. I mean, so I guess you're looking at back-to-back runs for D.J. Williams. If you take those two plays out, the running game looks non-existent against a not-very-good LSU defense. So here's the difference between a game like the Vanderbilt game for the LSU defense and a game like this one for the LSU defense. In the Vanderbilt game, their two busted runs went for touchdowns. And in my opinion, it's A, because Keyshawn Vaughn, the running back for Vanderbilt, is incredibly good. But Mm -hmm. B, because when you're beating a team by 40 points, if a guy starts to bust a run, you probably just let him score. Right? Like, if you're a defensive back, why put out the energy to run 50 just try to run a guy down 55 yards down the field Grant Delpit to his credit made a great play on that DJ Williams run to get DJ to step out of bounds and force Auburn ended up having to get a field goal on that drive yeah and I think Colonel Steve was the one who tweeted at me saying like hey that that run down by Delpit yeah it does change the whole game I don't know if it's the most important play of the game but it was a big one no doubt about it yeah and you know at every point in the game Dan Peck and I we're watching together before we did after the game together on Saturday. And, you know, at every point it was, well, if you would have told me we were, what was it, 10 to 10 at halftime with LSU, I'd be thrilled. If you told me you were down by three or down by seven going into the fourth quarter, whatever it was, I'd be thrilled. And so it was like Auburn was never out of that game, though they had a chance the whole game, I mean, the whole time. I, I get it. I am right now, I have one foot on the fence about Gus Malzahn, and I'm getting closer to jumping. You want to do another voicemail? Let's do it. Hey, guys. (laughs) That was it. Let's let's do it again. Hello. Hey, guys. (laughs) I hope he's okay. I hope he's okay. (laughs) Thank you for the call. (laughs) Appreciate it. (laughs) 205-502-4285. All right, so before I set up this next one, I tweeted out a Twitter poll. Um, I thought Auburn had been was done scoring, but I, I tweeted, does Auburn have more than 13 points? Because Auburn had 13 points from the majority of the game, mm-hmm. it seems like. Does Auburn have more than 13 points if Joey Gatewood is in at quarterback and not Bo Nix? Right? So I, I tweeted that out. The answers were yes, no, I hate everything. Those are the three answers. I hate everything, one. Yes yeah. got second, no got third. All right, here's, um, so here's, a, here's a caller responding to, to that tweet. Hey, Zach. Yes. Does Auburn have more than 13 points if Joey Gatewood is that quarterback? Absolutely. I was just, before I read your question, I was just wondering whether or not anybody else felt that way or if any um, one there at Auburn was in Joey Gatewood's camp, any one of the coaches, because we've got to make a change. We just really, if it's just for... um one quarter or something to get this ball moving. Anyhow, like I said, does Auburn have more than 13 points if Joey Gatewood is that quarterback? I believe so. Looking forward to hearing your show on Monday. All right, I think I'm in a different camp. Painter Sharp, it's the VSP on Hello, sir. What's up? Just uh, just joining us in studio. All right, so I, I think I'm going to be in a different camp than the two of you here, but 
I, I, I just I think Auburn wins that game if Joey Gatewood is used more, one. But I think if he's the starter, I think Auburn wins in LSU. Based on what? I think it's something different. Because you, I, I don't think you need the offense to be great at this point. I just think you need the offense to move the football. And so what? based on what we've seen, what makes you think that if Joey Gatewood was in, the offense would be better? I think you throw it less, and I don't think you have – what was Bo Nix's stat line? He was like um, five for 30-something, right? I think it was 12. I'll look it up. It yeah, was, yeah, he, look, he was look in the low teens, and he, he missed on about 20 passes for less than 200 yards. So I, I think you throw it less. I think you find more creative ways to run the football. I think it forces you to have more – Jet sweeps and creative things to Eli Stove and Anthony Schwartz. Yeah, it, it looks like okay. Well, now the app. Went All right, right. I'll, I'll, I'll keep I'll, I'll keep making my point before it, uh, when, when it comes back up. Let me know. But the uh, and, and I think you have more design runs for the quarterback, and I don't think you're really forcing the ball downfield. And, and I don't want to say that they were forcing the ball downfield, but I do think they were passing the football where they probably shouldn't have been passing the football the way Bo Nix was throwing it. And so I, I think you have less negative plays that way. He was 15 of 35 for 157, four and a half an average, a touchdown, one interception, a QBR of 27.6. He was bad. I still like Bo Nix as Auburn's quarterback. I understand you're not alone, Zach, in that thought. I, I get also where Michael's coming from, and that's part of where I would start is how do we know it would be better? Like I get what you're saying. You yeah. know, maybe the overall offense isn't better with Bo but they're able to just move the ball on the ground is that part of your thought process is like they, they're still not terrific on offense with Joey Gatewood but I think they you see less enough. I think you see less third and you know seven and longer I think you see less of those I just think you give your guys more of a chance Bo missed a lot like I really thought after the Florida game that he was going to be better for that that yeah. it was in the short term frustrating because you lost a game and it really made the rest of your season difficult but I sort of felt like he was going to purge himself of like having that freshman game where it's like it's like okay that's behind me yeah i've done it i've been in the worst situation now i can move on we knew it would be tough for him in baton rouge and we knew that their defense was good statistically it's not where it's been in the past but i think you know some of that being just because the offense is scoring and scoring quickly sometimes Mm -hmm. but he wasn't good and i'm not sure all of this in the way that some fans are making it out to be is on the coaching staff it's it is like the offense is bad and so that that falls squarely on their shoulders, but you know, Bo, Bo Nix missed some throws that I feel pretty good about him making in a lot of games. Sure. Uh, uh, my thing about this is that if this was a situation that was similar to, I guess, the Alabama one two years ago and the Clemson one last year with Kelly Bryant and Trevor Lawrence, where you have the starter and the backup is getting you know, some meaningful snaps so you really know what you have, right? I mean, in the first four games last year for Clemson, Kelly Bryant and Trevor Lawrence were splitting time, Mm -hmm. like almost 50-50, probably closer to like 75-25 in favor of Kelly Bryant, and then Dabo Sweeney decides Trevor Lawrence is better. And for Alabama, I mean, it probably wasn't even that close. Tua was getting 20% of snaps, but he was getting enough meaningful snaps that you knew, you know, if Jalen Hurts went down, you'd probably be okay. And it, and then in the championship game, Nick Saban, you know, makes a move that he's been lauded for ever since because no one does that kind of stuff. And he right. pulls his starter, puts in his backup, and the rest is history. But I just, if it had been that sort of situation where from week one, Joey Gatewood was getting – 
20% of the snaps, 25% of the snaps, something like that, to where we've seen the offense in a meaningful point of a game run by Joey Gatewood, I might be closer to your side. But right now, it's just saying, well, the starting quarterback's not playing well. Let's put in the backup. Mm-hmm. If Auburn is playing Arkansas, I'm with you. If Auburn is playing Kent State, I'm with you. If Auburn's playing Vanderbilt, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, I'm with you. In this game, in this environment, I just kind of feel like you're throwing your starting quarterback or your backup quarterback to the Wolves if you're pulling out your starter who's not playing well and putting in a guy who has not taken meaningful snaps at really at all this season. I just feel like that's... That, that just not, seems like you're playing not to lose at that point. If that's, okay. if that's your excuse, but, I think that's playing not to lose. But if you're playing to win, wouldn't you want your starting quarterback out there? The one that the guy that you thought coming into the game gave you the best chance to win? Because at the end of the day, that's why Bo's the starter, right? Because the coaching staff thinks that he gives them the best chance to win. He's definitely the one out there, for sure. I, I just have a hard time. It's just bizarre to me how they've handled all of this. And I don't know if if Malzahn is being misleading when he's talked to the media about he's going to like how Joey's going to still be a big part of the offense. Or I also thought it was interesting when they got to the red zone and Joey thought that his package had been called and then, you know, got, there's a shot of Gus grabbing mm-hmm. him, kind of pulling him back, saying no, no, no. And then it looked like it was an option run with Bo, which did, is interesting to me. But I don't. I just don't feel like he's being communicated with properly, Joey. I mean, and so I think when that is happening, it's happening for a reason. And I don't think it's entirely fair. I just think it's happening for a reason. I wish I could say more, but I just can't. I just can't. All right, I got one more. It talks about the defense being good, and this is part of the reason why I think if if they don't need the offense to be good, they just need to be okay. Because, I mean, the defense has been incredible. All right, this, this is our last one. Hey, Zach. Uh, I was wondering uh, your thoughts about the game this past weekend. I know we have to start looking forward, but, man, was the defense absolutely incredible. The two goal line stands. Uh, this defense is just hungry, and hopefully Gus can kind of figure out the offense. Uh, but, boy, was the defense incredible. It was something to see, to see them hold the nation's second best scoring team than you know under four uh, four touchdowns under their average uh look forward to hearing from you guys thanks yeah and and painter you and i were discussing uh on our segment together on on my show auburn opelika this morning i mean this defense one of the best performances that i could think of an auburn defense having yeah the offense was terrible and somehow i'm I'm sorry defense i meant to say defense no 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 i'm saying the offense was terrible and you were three points away a close onside kick like a couple of offensive plays from still winning the game LSU has been terrific I don't know what else to say and to be quite honest with you Michael you may have an opinion here that we disagree on because I know that you're adamant about the refs the holding was out of control like you can do the whole we gotta you know we gotta take it with context and that you could call holding on every play that was egregious it was inexcusable There are too many instances throughout that game and on scoring drives in which Auburn was so dominant, and I think it was pretty evident that I would not be surprised if the LSU coaching staff said hold them on every play 
They simply will not call it. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I don't think Alabama and LSU and the SEC have conspired to have a one versus two in the refs. I don't think that's the case. I think it's great for money, but it would also would have been great for the SEC if Auburn won this game and it would still be a top five matchup in two weeks and Auburn's in the hunt. So like, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but the refs were bad at calling very obvious holding calls. Auburn shouldn't rely on that because the offense was so terrible that like you just kind of have to get over it, unfortunately, if you're an Auburn fan. like That's where that's what the deal is when the calls don't go your way. But I get why fans are mad. And the offense was terrible, and the defense, I don't know what else to say. They gave this team every opportunity to win other than scoring all the points. Like That's, that's the only thing they didn't do was score all the points. So uh, a couple things of what you said. First, I don't think ever that the refs decide games. Um, that being said, you have to adjust to the referees. So if they're not going to call holding on LSU, you know, like if LSU figures that out at the beginning of the game, the offensive line for LSU, they figure out we can hold and they're not going to call it, they're going to keep doing it. And Auburn should adjust and the Auburn offensive line should just do the same thing until they start throwing flags. And that's the last thing that I really have to say is they, they didn't call any holding penalties on Auburn's offensive line either. And with like, just to be frank, there's no way Auburn's offensive line wasn't holding. They're not very good. They didn't play well. There's no way they didn't hold. I mean, I understand the LSU holding calls are bad. I'm not, or the, they should have been called. I'm, like I'm not that part. I'm not debating. However, that's not the reason Auburn lost the game. No, it's it's. And not. I'm not the saying offense, that you're the saying the offense that. was was so lousy. The fact that they were in a game like that is amazing. And it's not like the refs were calling it super lopsided. I think Auburn ended up with 15 penalties, and LSU ended up with 12 or 13. Yeah, Auburn, most most Auburn, of Auburns were offside penalties. Auburn yeah. shot themselves in the foot a lot in this game in that terms was, of penalties. That yeah. was the difference between the Auburn penalties and the LSU penalties. The Auburn penalties were when Auburn had positive plays. And then instead of being in second and two, they'd be in second and 15. And you you can't get, I mean, how many times did Auburn have third and somewhere between 14 and 25? A lot. Uh, and that's, that's not how you win games. Untimely penalties, shooting yourself in the foot, snapping the ball 30 yards behind your quarterback. I mean, it's just... Uh, I, Where can people find I, you I and hear you, bud? That. Follow me on Twitter, at CouchPapTato. I'll be on the lunch break on Tuesday. And Painter Sharpless, where can people find you, good sir? I'm at Paint Sharpless. And also, listen to the lunch break with Justin Ferguson and me. We'd love to have your ears. Lots of Auburn football and basketball, just like here on the Locked on Auburn podcast. Yeah, and we'll chat more basketball starting tomorrow. Get us ready for the exhibition matchup on Friday. Also, uh, they had a secret scrimmage against Troy. Auburn won by 10 is what I'm seeing, but that's literally all I've seen and heard. So I'm going to try to get more info on that for all of you as well. Follow me on Twitter at Z Blackerby. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Auburn. This has been another edition of the Locked on Auburn Podcast. It's the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.